Hey, hey, everyone. This is the Texas Outlaw Running Talk Show, and I'm your host, Briston Rains. We do these shows with a guest on the first Saturday of every month. And every Monday, every single week, we have a special Shooting the Bull episode. This is the Texas Outlaw Running Talk Show and podcast. If you enjoy it, please leave us a rating. That's enough of that. Here's our guest. All right. What's up, Abraham? Super happy to have you on, man. Um, you just finished the Cruel Jewel 100. And I kind of looked at your Instagram profile a little bit. You're a Christian. You're an ultra runner. You like doing hard stuff. Um, and there's probably a lot of other stuff I don't know about. You want to <laughs> go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, name's Abraham B. Hill. I'm from uh, West Texas. Um, so Midland, Texas, most people can identify West Texas, uh, from Friday night lights. Um, you know, when I say Midland, Odessa, it doesn't really ring a bell, but if I say Friday night lights, uh, everyone knows where that's at, um, from the movie Friday night lights, but, um, born and raised in San Angelo, Texas. So not far from where I'm at now. And, uh, just been, um, living out here in the flat country, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, I was looking out like I look on all trails because I'm looking for race places to put races on a lot. Um, I didn't really see any trails over in that area where you live. What's that like no. not having really anywhere to train on? It's it's tough. Um, so I have the nearest trails that are really trails are probably 45 minutes away from me out in uh, Big Spring State Park, Big Spring, Texas. And then the, the next true challenging trails that, that are – uh, actual trails are in Guadalupe peak. Yeah. Um, so, um, that's about, I think three and a half hours from here. And so that's a drive. So I've done that before. Um, I'll take off Friday or I've done where I've taken off Friday at night <clears throat> camp and then start doing a, a full day of just trails all Saturday out there. I actually set an FKT out there at Guadalupe peak. Really? Um, yeah. Back in, um, uh, January of this year. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Guadalupe Peak. No, I haven't gotten the chance to get out there. So beautiful area. It's the highest peak in all of Texas. I think it's around 8,800 feet is the uh, highest point. And uh, it is, is, it's absolutely gorgeous scenery when you get to the top. But uh, typically it takes most people six hours to get to the top and back. And it's a, a round trip is about 8.4 mile round trip. Um, so I wanted to see if I could get in four loops in one day um, from sunrise to sunset uh, or 12 hours, basically. And uh, so I got three loops done in about nine and a half hours and my legs were shot. It was um, 26 miles I already had done and quite a bit of elevation gain. So I just called it quits. But First time anyone's done that, so I went and said an FKT. So I'm going to try to go out there and do the true four loops uh, next time, which would be basically a 50K and about um, 12 to – I think it would be 50K and 15,000 feet of gain. Wow. What's yeah. the gain per per run up there? It's about 3,500 3, wow. feet per, per, per 8,000 – per 8-mile 8 loop. That's pretty intense, yeah. man. It is. It's a lot. So that helped me a lot with my cruel jewel training. Yeah, but because what's cruel jewel? It's a hundred miles. What's the total elevation gain of that? So they, they advertise thirty three thousand feet um, total. My watch captured about twenty eight thousand feet over okay. that hundred and three mile um, distance. 
Um, I've seen, I was stopping others just to check what their watches were. And some of them were closer to the 33,000, some were a lot lower. So uh, I imagine it's probably around 30,000. And that's um, 33,000 is comparable to the Hard Rock 100, which is also 100 miles, 33,000 feet. Wow. So that's why this is a um, qualifier race for Hard Rock 100, um, which is really the reason I did this race. Yeah. Um, I want to go to the Hard Rock 100 and I needed a qualifier. Yeah. So. That's pretty sweet, man. So, Kuro Jewel, it's uh, what state is that in? That's in Georgia. It's in the very northern part of the Chattahoochee Mountains. Um, beautiful area, um, very dense forest. Uh, it's almost like you're in a rainforest. Um, I was um, in in all of the uh, the the forest there, the um, the scenery, the um, but it was humid, humid and thick, muggy air. Um, there's just no wind in the flows in that forest because it's so dense. And uh, so when you're just walking or running through those trails, it's it's like you're trying to fight this big wave, thick blanket of of uh, uh, of heat and moisture just hitting you all day long yeah what was like that what was the temperature out there or the feel like temperature with the humidity do you know you know it, it said we look we lucked out it said that it was around i think 80 degrees when we started at 12 noon um it it felt probably around 85 ish degrees um but it was it was just muggy i don't know how best to say it better than that but um just as thick and muggy as it was, um, you know, my, my issue is I just kept sweating and sweating and sweating. So my, I keep wiping my, the sweat out of my face. And I thought my face was going to get raw because I kept on wiping it and wiping it and wiping it. Um, and then there's flies that are just chasing you the entire time. Um, you're trying to swat them away. Um, so that was kind of uh, annoying, but, um, yeah, it, it was first day, um, so start at 12 noon all day long. It's just muggy, hot, um, you're sweat, sweaty and wet. Um, but it, that evening is when it actually cooled down to close to 50 degrees. Wow. And, and that felt great. That yeah. felt really good. That's a um, huge drop. Yeah, it was a huge drop, but I can tell you it was very welcoming for everybody. Um, and then the next day is when it was this beautiful overcast day. So, um, we were really fortunate to have that kind of weather, um, all day long, the second day, all day. And then that second evening around, I don't know, maybe I finished at 1030 at night, the second night. And, uh, I want to say maybe it rained, started raining around 730 and it was pouring down cold, uh, rain, cold, frigid rain, um, so you're going from all these extremes of hot and muggy uh, down to cold at 50 degrees, then it warms back up a little. And then you get this frigid rain that second night. And I made an amateur mistake. <laughs> I, uh, I typically would pack a, a windbreaker or a, a, a rain jacket in, in my, my vest. Yeah. And I packed it with all my gear, but I didn't put it in my vest at any of the aid stations. And uh, that night, I had already passed the final aid station that, and so, so when it started raining, I had no, no, uh, rain jacket and my body was getting really, really cold from all the rain. And I, I was telling myself, I better not get hypothermia 
on these last eight to 10 miles of this hard race because I was stupid and, and, and forgot to put a rain jacket in my vest. But, um, so I kind of had to brainstorm real quick and I just told myself, just run as fast as you can this last eight to 10 miles, get that core temp up and, uh, and suffer through it. It's, it is best. I could say you got to suffer through that last part. Yeah. So I did. And that, that worked. Cause I was, I was really starting to shake. It was getting cold. Yeah. I'd never experienced anything like that. Really? Yeah. Getting, getting that frigid and, and you're still running and uh, you're starting to shake and your jaws kind of chat, chattering a little bit because you're that cold um, after the race. I mean, I was really cold. My wife had to kind of hurry to get to the hotel uh, or our cabin so that I could get into the shower and get into a hot, um, hot shower. Cause I was really, really cold still yeah. wearing just the shorts and a t-shirt, wow. but it was all wet, you know? Yeah. I, I, I've heard that when you push your body that far, your turtle temperature and everything just gets thrown off and you get super cold real easily. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was something new for me. It's, uh, um, definitely taught me never forget my rain jacket. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's really neat, man. I appreciate you sharing all that. Um, I want to know, like, where did this whole thing start? Where did your, where did your running journey start? Uh, so the running journey honestly started, um, when, um, I sort of hit rock bottom with, um, um, uh, just, I had an alcohol problem in life and, uh, I was using that as just, you know, using alcohol, honestly, as my, my fix to, um, for anxiety and other life problems. So, um, in 2018, it kind of hit rock bottom and, uh, and realized I had to make a better choice yeah. and better decisions in life. Um, and, uh, and so I was at a, uh, um, a men's ministry and, uh, um, a buddy of mine there was, we were, they said, let's do this 5k challenge. And to me, 5k was just like, I can't do 5k. I can't do three miles. <laughs> <laughs> so they said, well, now it's, you can start, you know, little by little, we'll text each other, kind of keep each other accountable. And so I started, you know, meeting up with these guys. And the first time they said, Hey, let's meet up at five. So I'm not a runner. I didn't know that you got to wake up early to go run at five in the morning. So I'm texting these guys at four 30, like, Hey, where are we going to meet? It's 4.30 p.m. I'm like, hey, where are we going to meet to go run? They're like, we ran at 5 this morning. Oh, I said, wow. oh, I thought y'all met 5 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. <laughs> so they're like, no, we run at 5 in the morning. And uh, so I had to start getting up with these guys and start running early in the morning. Yeah. And uh, so that was, a, that was a change. But, you know just that accountability of knowing, Hey, I got to get up because there's some, there's some uh, guys I'm going to meet, go run with, help me to get up and, and go meet. And then I would run as much as I could start off like a mile and then two miles. And then that turned into three. And finally I, um, I signed up to do a race. So that was uh, still 2018. And I started running and um, somewhere around September of 2018, and uh started did my first 10k in november i believe and uh after that um 
I don't know if it was a 5k or 10k, but after that race, I told my buddy, I'm like, Hey, I want to do a 50k. And he's just like, what a 50k. <laughs> and, uh, I'm like, yeah, I, I want to do a 50k. And he's like, well, there's one in March, the crazy desert 50k. Oh. So in March of 2019, I, uh, so I started training from November all the way to March and, uh, Mind you, I've only been running like a 5k distance or so. Yeah. And, uh, what'd your training look like going into that first 50k? Honestly, it, it was, it, it was really just like uh, one of those training plans you download online, you know, that kind of, you find those 50k training plans. So it, it was mostly for me was about just getting mileage. It wasn't real structured. It was. I mean, it was a structured online plan, but it wasn't structured for me. Um, and so it was really just a gradually increasing mileage every week is all it was. Um, and so I, I did that plan. I followed it to the T. Um, and I don't even remember where it, it was just a real generic basic plan you find online. Yeah. Uh, followed that. And, and like I said, my buddy uh, Rob from the uh, he's the president of our Midland Run crew here. He's the one that was kind of helping me along the way um, uh, to, to kind of follow that plan because he wanted to run it with me. So we both ran that 50K together. So in March, I ran my first 50K. Um, and I don't recall what the time was. It, was. it was somewhere between five and five and a half hours or oh, so, yeah. somewhere around there. That's a pretty good time. Yeah. At, at San Angelo. And uh, so, yeah, that was my first 50K and my first... So I hadn't even run a marathon yet. I just went straight into ultras. Uh, and, and that's just, it took off from there. Yeah. Um, kept on running ultras ever since then. Yeah. That's sweet, man. What are some of the ultras you've done? I was looking at those photos you sent over. It looked like you did quite a few um, big ultras. What are some of those? Yeah, I've done quite a few now since then. Um, uh so you know i started increasing my distance going to um 100k so i've done crazy desert 100k bandera 100k yeah. um i did that one um i think next was uh i did a virtual during covid the possums revenge virtual 69 mile so a buddy of mine it was during my birthday i told my wife for my birthday and it was a december 19th was my birthday of 20 I want to say it was 2019, maybe it was 2020. No, it was 2020, obviously COVID. Yeah. So it was December, 2020 of COVID. I told my wife for my birthday, I want to go run uh, the 69 mile virtual race. So a buddy of mine uh, named Steven, he, uh, um, he said, Hey, I'll go do it with you. So we went to San Angelo, went to the crazy desert trails there. And uh, we ran it all day. I, I think it took us 17 hours to, to do it there in those trails. Um, and it was December and it was, it was cold when it started in the morning Then it got hot and it got cold again. Uh, it was a, it was a roller coaster ride of a virtual, of a virtual, uh, race for sure. Yeah. Um, so that, I think that was my longest distance was 69 miles before I decided I want to do a hundred miles. Um, and so then I switched to um, doing the Leadville 100. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I think it was 2020, yeah, it was 2021. 
I said, I'm going to go ahead and put in my name for the Leadville 100. First time I put in for the lottery, didn't think I would get it. Got in first, first, first year. Got and the uh, look right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just, uh, I'm, I'm fast forwarding, but even Moab 240, I put in for the lottery first time and got it as well. Wow. So, um, I don't know if I'm, um, I'm, I'm cursed or lucky. But, <laughs> it sounds uh, like he got the Lord's favor or something. <laughs> So Leadville was my next big ultra. And, uh, and so I worked, I, I, uh, got a training plan off training peaks and then, um, uh, who was, uh, done by Kevin Goldberg. I don't know if you know, if you've heard him, but he's recently been really popular lately in the ultra scene. He did Cocodona 250, um, this past, uh, Cocodona in May. And I think he got top 10 somewhere, but, um, he built that plan and, and I reached out a couple of times to him back and forth during that training, just asked some questions, but I followed his plan. It was a 20 week plan. So the, the thing about myself and, and during all these ultras I'm, is, is I've been sort of self-coaching myself the entire time and uh, just trying, I'm, I'm very disciplined and um, just naturally uh, I I'm real strict about what I do and how I do it. Uh, just very intentional. And, uh, and so I, I did, I followed that plan to the T as best as I could asked a couple questions here and there, just self-guided uh, for the most part and, uh, got to Leadville and finished it 29 hours and 15 minutes. Wow. Um, that was my first hundred. And, uh, that was, I was, I remember at the finish, I was done. I was glad to be done because it was, I was suffering through it. I, I mean, I, I've learned a lot since then. And uh, now the hundred mile distance is much easier for me, but literally after the race, we had to go sit back in the, um, these chairs that they put out um, to, to wait, to get our buckles. And I was telling my wife and my crew that was there, I said, I don't ever want to do hundred miles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was brutal. You know, my legs were shot. I could barely walk. I couldn't bend over. They were swelling up, but it's, you know, I pushed my body beyond its limits because mentally I said, I'm going to finish. I don't care what it takes. And, and I finished, but my body was beyond stressed. It was, it was obliterated um, because I just, I did what I could from what I knew how to do. And which wasn't much at the time. I didn't know how to train properly. Yeah. So what were um, you doing for going into Leadville? What'd that look like? You know, I didn't do any strength training and I know for a fact, that's a hundred percent, a major issue back then in 21. I uh, was why I was just, my legs were so weak and shot after the race. Um, so I did no, no strength. Yeah. It was all running. Um, like I said, Kevin Goldberg had this plan, which is a great plan. Um, so it was a lot of speed from the, from the beginning. Um, because Leadville is a runnable course, yeah. um, you know, running Leadville and cruel jewel, uh, Leadville is, seems easy now compared to, to wow. running cruel jewel. Like it, it's, I don't want to take anything away from running Leadville because Leadville is still a very difficult race, but knowing the two Leadville is a super runnable course where cruel jewel is just a suffer fest all day long. Yeah. Um, so that's why on Kevin Goldberg's plan, it was a lot of speed to, from the, for the first 
I want to say might've been the first eight to 10 weeks. And then the, the last uh, 10 to 12 weeks were all just um, getting time on feet, just running longer distances every single day, um, compounding some of the training. So running like a long run on a, on a Friday and then a next, another long run on a Saturday and then a short run on a Sunday. Um, those, those three days were very crucial in the training week. Uh, because you had a 10 mile and then a 20 mile and then another eight mile on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so just compounding that mileage um, day in, day out, at, uh, you know, three days in a row, he had a lot of that going on. Um, so ma- majority of the training, all speed up front, and then a lot of time on legs on the back end um, towards the end of the race, uh, before towards the end of the training. Um, but since then, you know, I did that in 2021. And then um, um, did Rocky Raccoon. So I, I teamed up with, um, um, you know, I, let me back up just a sec. But before I did Rocky Raccoon, after I did Leadville, you know, there's so much time and commitment and, um, you know, really a lot of dedication go that goes towards an ultra. Wow. I kind of, I liked it, but I also felt selfish like I could use this entire race and platform to really um, give back to um, others. And yeah. so after I did Leadville, I, I wanted to try to partner up with a nonprofit. Um, and so actually it was that first Leadville I did. I teamed up with the nonprofit, to be honest with you. That's right. I teamed up with the local uh, youth organization for Leadville. Um, and raised, I think it was close to 3,500. It wasn't crazy money, but I I helped raise a little bit for them. And, uh, and then the next, um, ultra I did right after that, which was Rocky Raccoon 100. I teamed up with Alzheimer's association out here in West Texas. And we got to raise quite a bit. We, we, we got, um, right under $10,000 for that, um, um, that charity, uh, that organization. And, uh, so um, that was real fruitful for me, just knowing that I could use this crazy thing called ultra running and benefit uh, some others uh, in our community. What and, what um uh, what motivate what moment did that spark in your mind? Like I can use this to help others. Uh, you know, I don't know if there was something that sparked. You know, there's always. I'm sure you know. You go out for a run, and your mind just. Yeah. you know, wanders and you have these thoughts and it was during one of those runs that I was just thinking, man, why I, I could be using this towards something else. And, uh, and it just sparked one of those runs. And so then I said, let me see who I can partner with locally. And it just took off from there. So I met with the, that first organization here locally. And then the, the second race, um, the Alzheimer's foundation really helped, um, they, you know, Alzheimer's is a huge organization nationally and worldwide, but, uh, so they had a lot of uh, connections with the media that really helped, um, on that particular race. So that helped spread the word and, and get, um, funding and and awareness for, for their organization. Um, but that was for the, um, Rocky raccoon race in 2022 of February. Gotcha. Is that right? Yeah. 2022 of February. Um, 
So I finished that one. That one I felt really good. Um, so the training was self-trained again on that one with no training plan. Just I kind of took a lot of different uh, different I took the different approach with strength training I said I need to get some strength training so I started just going to the gym and um just growing up in in uh, in San Angelo I, I did a lot of um uh weightlifting in high school and I did some track in high school mostly the 100 and 200 and 400 meters and so I still have a you know decent background in in strength training so I just started to incorporate some strength that helped tremendously on the Rocky raccoon. So I did that one in 22 hours and I think 19 minutes or so that hundred miler. So, um, I noticed a big difference for sure. Uh, obviously no elevation gain. Yeah. Um, you're not up there at 10,000, 13,000 feet, but a you know, hundred miles is a hundred miles. Yeah. Um, I definitely felt the the strength running that entire time, running 22 hours just straight. It, it felt great, um, and that was for the Alzheimer's Association. Um, so that was that one, and then then came Leadville again. Yeah, um, for 2022. Um, so Leadville this time I. Um, teamed up with First Descents organization um, out of uh, Colorado. I don't know if you've ever heard, heard of them. No, I haven't. Uh, so they provide sort of like a sort of like a make a wish, um, but for outdoor adventures um, for uh, uh, terminal terminally ill patients. Yeah. Um, like if they have, they want to climb a mountain. They want to go kayaking. They want to go skiing that organization will help um, those individuals and pay their trip, um, get them to, to achieve that, that climb, that uh, whatever that goal is that they, they have that they've not been able to achieve. Um, and so I teamed up with them uh, for, for Leadville uh, in 2022. And, uh, and um, I think we raised close to around $4,000 for them. Wow. And, uh, and, I didn't do as great. I achieved my goal for Leadville 2022 is 28 hours. I really thought I could go faster, but um, I, I was still happy with it. Hey, 28 hours for a mountain <laughs> race is pretty good. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Just before that, I did the Silver Rush 50 okay. in July in, in Leadville as well. Um, that was a really fun course. Um, just run, and it's a different course altogether, it's not the same trails. So yeah. it's a different set of uh, trails that they have you on, but uh, Leadville, uh, the lifetime organization there that puts on the race, they do a really good job of, of uh, just the uh, putting it on the volunteers, the, um, uh, the venue itself. It's just, uh, they do a really great job of doing that. Yeah. So that brings us then to, that's 2022. And then I think in October I did the sky Island 50 K. Um, I don't know if you ever done that one. And uh, is that a newer one? Sky Island? No, it's been, I don't know how many years they've had it, but, um, they do it out there in Fort Davis, yeah, uh, Fort Davis it. mountains. Yeah. Um, so that one's been going on. The name's changed. It was, it's spectrum racing now, I believe. 
Yeah. They've changed, they've changed the name a couple different times, but it was a, a couple out of Austin, a husband, wife, um, that started it. And, uh, and then they, uh, I think there's also, I can't recall, but there's a, um, an elite runner that also is part of it, that part owner of that, um, can't recall his last name, but so I did that 50 K it's a brutal 50 K. They even tell you if this is yep. your first 50 K don't do it. <laughs> uh, um, so Fort Davis, man, there's just a lot of rock. I mean, it's like you, you, you need to be on a stair climber to train for that race. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a gr- beautiful scenery, beautiful venue. The mountains are just gorgeous out there. Um, no one thinks of West Texas having mountains, but come down to Fort Davis, big bend area. And it is a different, um, it's just different altogether. Just the, the whole feel of it, but beautiful. Um, but did that 50 K and, uh, after that, um, uh, started, what was it? What did I do after that? I did big bend 50 miler. Um, I think I placed fifth on that one. Was right behind Robbie Ballinger on that one. I was trying to keep up with him, but no. the guy, the guy's pretty fast. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, I did that Big Ben fifty, and I've done a bunch of other smaller races in between, some halves and some. Uh, I think I've done so far one actual marathon, yeah. uh, one road marathon, one trail marathon. It doesn't intrigue me very much to do road. Yeah, um, I like speed, and and uh. uh I've done even like a 130 half marathon, but I'm not, I don't, I don't really enjoy it yeah. like I do the trails. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that one. Um, but yeah, after, uh, after the uh, Big Band 50, um, so I teamed up with uh, a coach for the first time. Um, because I was gonna, I got into Moab 240, yeah. and uh, and so I said, I gotta get a coach because you sure I've got myself this far on 100 miles, but it's 200s are a different beast. So yeah. I got with uh, Mike McKnight, low carb runner, really? Yeah, so he's my but coach. <laughs> I want to, I want to talk about this real quick. We got to stop okay. on this for those of you listening. This guy. Mike McKnight, his coach, won the Cocodona 250. He started out, he was like way back. He, he wasn't there, and um, he was way behind people in the lead. And he was in 70th, in, I think 70th place at the time. 70th place. Yeah. And then this guy swooped in at the end of this 250-mile race and won it. So I just want to give some background about this guy. This isn't just McKnight his coach this is the <laughs> mcknight right here how'd you get mcknight the, uh, does he does he like does he have coaching services i guess or he does he does he uh um you can get on his website i think it's the lowcarbrunner.com uh but uh he, he trains a lot of people that are mostly wanting to i mean he'll train just about anybody i would think but uh, most people go to him because he's basically the 200 miler king yeah. if you will uh oh, yeah. he's done he did the uh, triple crown and won first place at every single 200 wow um yeah all three 200 miles he run he won first place at all of them when he did the triple crown you want to explain um, what that is real quick for people that don't know 
Yeah, the Bigfoot, uh, the Triple Crown is you're going to do the three 200 milers. Back when he did it, it was, um, I'm going to, I don't want to botch the third, uh, the three, uh, the third 200 miler, because I know it's the Bigfoot 200, the Moab 240, and I think is it the Wasatch 200? I, um, I don't know what the, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I'm trying to pull it up real quick just so I can. I watched a, a documentary of a guy, um, Rob, who with training for Ultra. I watched his documentary of him doing the Triple Crown. Okay, here it is. So it's the Tahoe 200. Yeah. And then the Bigfoot 200 and then Moab 240. Yeah. And so when he did it, they had them 60 days apart. Wow. So you would have a two, Tahoe 200, 200 mile race that you would do 60 days in between the next 200 race. Wow. And then the the final race being Bigfoot uh, Moab two forty, so just thinking of only having two sixty days between a two uh, hundred miler is 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 unthinkable. Now it's longer because they had to change the Tahoe to make it earlier in June. It shows now, so Tahoe two hundreds in June. Uh, well, no, they've got it back to June, August, and October. Yeah, so they still have pretty close to sixty days. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he won first place at all three of those back to back. And, uh, and I think he came back and I don't know if he did it the second year again, but yeah, he's, he's known for his 200 mile distances. And then like you just said, Coca Dona 250, yeah. um, they were calling him the dark McKnight. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he came, he was just running throughout the night, just trying to catch up. And uh, so you wouldn't see anything. You just hear this guy coming by. I'm sure <laughs> oh, really? he's pass he's passing you in the middle of the night. And you don't even know who's passing you. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's unreal. He's a different different beast, different animal. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I chose him specifically because I I really wanted the best in uh, in the 200 arena. Um, yeah. And uh, so this would be my first 200. He started coaching me uh, in February of this year. And what so you, he coached what, me. Was the Moab 240, has that already happened or is that in the future? That's this October. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I started with him this February so that he could start training me this entire year. Um, so, and I told him I wanted to do cruel jewel before I do Moab. Um, and honestly, I had picked Coca Dona 250 first um, as my 200 mile race, but um, I had a, a an engagement with uh, that that I didn't realize was already booked, so I had to um, change it to Moab 240. Oh, yeah, so. I actually I had a guy who finished that race on a podcast like last might have been two years ago or a year ago, and that's a pretty intense race I hear. So, yeah, I mean, Cocodona, all the 200s, they're all intense. Yeah. Um, just, you know, you're, you're, you're really pushing yourself to your limits. Uh, I mean, people are, are having to really um, think outside of the box. They really have to, um, you know, I don't know how best to say it, but they, they're on a different level. And I want to be, I want to feel that. I want to know that I can continue to push myself day to and day out because right now I run hundred miles straight. And as soon as I go, go to sleep, 
there's no way I'm running the next day. Yeah. There's no way my legs ain't, they won't have it. So I'm thinking to myself, well, how am I going to do that? Is it that I don't go to sleep? Yeah. Uh, just keep moving. And from what I'm understanding is that you don't sleep that long. Otherwise your body will go into a recovery state. Okay. So, um, with you training for this 200 mile race and you're trying to figure out the sleep and everything, I don't want to take anything away from McKnight, but what are some things that you can share that you feel comfortable sharing, um, that you're learning about training for this 200 mile race? You know, uh, we, I haven't even talked to Mike specifically about, um, you know, the logistics of running the 200 mile, yeah. uh, this whole time we've just been talking about <clears throat> just training in general for initially for a hundred mile, but, uh, um, you know, just from what I've learned and watched from others racing these, you, it's, uh, it's a matter of just <clears throat> taking care of your feet first and foremost. Uh, most people, um, ha- will, will DNF because they're going to take care of their feet. And, uh, I mean, that's like, Number one priority, take care of your feet, um, constantly be eating as you would any other ultra race. Um, the gut issues are, are real common with a lot of people. I, I'm real fortunate for now. I've never had any really gut issues. Wow. Um, I mean, I can just put down whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you put me at the aid station. I was eating this last one, a hot dog, a hamburger. I had a ramen noodles. I told him throw some hot dogs in my ramen noodles. <laughs> uh, and then right after I was eating Oreos and chips. So, yeah. um, uh, you really shouldn't eat. I was trying to stay away from the sugar. Um, but it was late at night and I was just kind of like craving an Oreo. So I said, I'm going to screw it. I'm going to have an Oreo, <laughs> but I really didn't have any other sugar other than that. Uh, I feel like all ultra runners, that is just like, that is a very popular thing to where you just like combine the weirdest things all together and it just works. Yeah. You get there. You're it's, it's, you're tired and you know, it was late too. I had already been running. I already ran 50 miles and I'm like, I'm starving. I'm tired of spring energy. That's what I typically take is spring. Yeah. I'm just tired of that gel right now. I'm like, I just need something different. So yeah, I just told the guy, uh, he's like, you want a, a grilled cheese? I'm like, yeah. Can you put ham in there? He's like, yeah. I said, can you add a hot dog too? He goes, yeah. <laughs> so he was just mixing it up for me. He's like, dude, you can eat. I'm like, man, I'm hungry. But uh, yeah, as far as the 200, again, I I think it's just, uh, again, you're going to have to eat constantly, constantly uh, um, fueling and uh, hydrating. Um, but I saw a lot of people mostly sleeping around 30 minutes to an hour yeah. and then they'd go back out running again, um, you know, six hours or so. And then they would take another nap. So it was these really short naps so that they would get some rest, but not enough that their body would start to get into this recovery state, yeah. um, like you will. And, uh, so, I mean, we're, Mike and I are going to probably have a pretty, pretty, uh, long discussion on the logistics of running a hundred. Yeah. I know he does want me to do some, uh, a lot of night runs, um, or he wants me just to be really sleep deprived. Um, so I know we've discussed that before. Just he wants me to work all day and then just go out and run like at 10 o'clock at night. 
uh, run till you know five in the morning, just being sleep deprived. Wow. That's right. <laughs> uh, be, I mean, you you gotta yeah. you gotta do it in training, and uh, rather than testing it out there and the at race day. So, um, you know, I'm, when you do a hundred miles, you're always going to be sleep deprived because you're you're running thirty hours straight. But um, I know. Um, so one of my pacers is uh, her name is Andrea Moore. Um, she's from Dallas. I yeah, I I uh, that sounds super familiar. Andrea and then some is her uh, uh, handle on uh, Instagram. Yeah, let me look it up here real quick. She sounds super familiar, and I know I know her if she's with Dallas Dirt Runners, which she is. Yeah, she's just moving now to. Uh, yeah, Andrea Moore. Yeah, so she's gonna. She just did Cocodona two fifty. Yeah, she did. Um, and uh, I was listening to her. So we have uh, uh, Michael have these uh, discussions inside uh, his coaching group, and so she kind of talked about her experience, and she said she only slept like twenty seven minutes max. Wow. Uh, yeah. uh, every every sleep session, it was like no 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 let no more, not even thirty minutes, and so she didn't have very much sleep at all. Um, and, uh, but she's going to be pacing me for Moab. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to have her there, you know, with her experience in that too. And Mike's going to try to pace me. He, uh, he, unless he races Moab. Yeah. If he races Moab, then obviously he's going to be up in first place somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you don't want to try uh, to stick with them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'd probably be burnt out on day one. The, the, you know, these elites, I don't know how they do it. They're, I know they suffer, but they, they, their body can just suffer a lot more than ours can, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, I think the new record now was, uh, Jeff Browning said it for, it was Mike McKnight had it. And then Courtney DeWalter broke his record. And then Jeff Browning broke their record last, last year, I think. So Moab is now a 57 hours is, Wow. is the completion time that's ridiculous two and a half days <laughs> yeah i was just straight running uh you you can see his documentary on on youtube uh browning's uh race yeah but yeah it's those guys i don't know how they do it but i'm just excited just to finish it yeah dude yeah that's super exciting to have that ahead what um yeah i, I was i'm curious what do you do what do you do for a living uh, so I work at a hospital here locally in, in uh, Midland, Texas. I'm their uh, vice president of facility services. So uh, basically, I, I oversee most all the non-clinical um, um, departments. So our facility maintenance, our construction and design, our police department, our housekeeping department, our food and nutrition, um, our clinical engineering, which is a department that maintains all of our medical equipment. Yeah. Um, so I oversee those departments. Um, and just like all of our properties is in general for the, for the hospital. Yeah. That's um, cool, man. What are the hours yeah. like with, um, I'm just curious, like with your training. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a typical, like, you know, eight to five ish okay. Monday through Friday, um, uh, work week. Yeah. So, um, I have to get up early and do my runs and with doing long runs, I'm going to get up fairly early so I can start like at five, um, do my run. And if it's a, um, a long run, like maybe 14 miles in the morning, then I'll try to get that run done 
and even try to get a strength training right after. Um, but my, 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 um, consistency is run and then strength train right after come home, shower, get ready and go to work. Yeah. I don't want to do any running or strength training after work. I don't want to do it. Can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I get home and I just, as soon as my, my butt hits the couch, that's it. There's no getting up. Um, I've done it. I've done it. And, uh, I will do it if I have to, but I don't like to. It's important to have those times of rest. Very important. Yeah. 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 It's extremely important. And, uh, I think, uh, you know, I got into coaching this year and, uh, I got my ultra running coaching certification through, uh, USCA and, uh, I've, you know, got a lot of data and, and information through that training program and yeah, recovery is, is definitely key. I want my rest. I need my rest. And even if I don't like, if I don't get a good eight hours of sleep, I won't get up and go run. Uh, I will go ahead and sleep in and then, then I'm just stuck trying to get a run done during lunch, um, on a treadmill, which I don't like and, yeah. uh, or coming, going to run after work, um, and, and trying to get a strength training done after that as well. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest part about ultra running is getting the ultra running done and the strength training done. And you're not just run- Yeah. And, and getting in your sleep and going to work and getting family time. Yeah. So it's a balance. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a struggle. Um, you know, I'm, I'm having to help, you know, my athletes to learn how to balance that. Um, and it's not easy. You know, everyone's got a different, uh, uh, balance and everyone's got a different lifestyle. So yeah. that's probably the hardest thing for ultra running is just balancing all those aspects. Yeah. And like what, so as far as your time management, for your coaching program, when are you doing your coaching stuff? Uh, it's you know, pretty much after hours. Uh, you know, I do a lot of texting. Uh, I'll do phone calls during the day and, and uh, uh, you know, talk to my athletes. But, you know, every Monday I, I ask them to send me updates of how things are, how things went for the previous week. Um, and then, uh, but uh, it's a lot of texting, a lot of phone calls, really. And that just happens throughout all the all day, even Saturday, Sundays. I just tell them to call me, text me. Um, I'm I'm fairly easy with that right now. I don't have like you know, I've got five athletes right now. I had six, um, and I'm trying to keep it minimal. I don't want twenty or thirty because um, oh. I, I I can't handle all of that uh, with my my uh, my life balance now. So I'm trying to keep it just enough where I can help others achieve their goals. Cause I, I, you know, they see these finish line photos, right. And they want to experience that, but they don't see the 30, 40 weeks prior to that, yeah. that it took to get there. Um, and now they're seeing it in training and they're like, I'm not sure I want this. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's the part for them is, you got to be really driven to want to achieve that goal. If that's what you really want. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I think that's the, that's the biggest thing is, is keeping other people that are trying. Cause I, I've tried to do coaching in the past and that's the biggest struggle. The biggest challenge is keeping those people motivated mm-hmm. and, 
you know, I remember back when I first started and I struggled with motivation. You talked about how it took accountability to keep you going when you started running for your first 5k, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a big struggle for, you know, a bunch of people when starting is, is, you know, staying not motivated, but consistent and having good quality at the same time. Yeah. It, it's, I, and I want them to stay consistent. They, they can miss some workouts here and there. Um, but if it starts to be where they're missing, you know, 50% of their workout or, um, really even 30% of the workout is not beneficial, but if they're missing and they're missing consistently every week, that's never good. You know, you want to have a talk with them and say, you know, this is this what you really want. I know you say that's what you want, but is it what you truly want? Because if you want something, you will do obviously whatever it takes to get it. Mm. Um, if you truly want it, um, you'll prioritize it, right? That's um, a good word right there, man. Like not just for training, but everything I, you know, as a, as a Christian, that's a good word as a Christian, like with our faith. Yeah. Like if, you, if you really want, you know, the kingdom of God and the goodness of God, you have to give it everything and keep going with it no matter what. Yeah. You have to prioritize him, yeah. uh, your faith, family, and fitness in that order. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, if you don't, if you don't want a, um, a goal, you think you want it, but you don't want to put in the work for it. Maybe it's time to rethink your priorities. Mm. If you uh, can find or, a book on faith, family, and fitness, please send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's, there's probably some out there. I, don't, I haven't read any. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot about fitness and there's a lot about just, uh, ownership. You know, I like Jocko Willing has a lot of great books. Jocko uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a great, a lot, lot of good leadership books. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just go, go. <laughs> a guy, a says. guy you might like, have you ever heard of Chad, Wright? Three seven I project? I've heard that name. Yeah. Yes. Um, he did Coca recently off of six weeks of training. Um, wow. Yes, but, I've I heard about him. Yeah, yeah. This guy, it's so rare because I'm always looking for people that are um, into fitness, faith, and you know, into preserving that quality family time. Um, this guy has it all. He's a former Navy SEAL, loves God. He talks about it on his podcast, and he does like crazy ultra marathon stuff all the time. And With it's minimal training, training, huh? Three of seven project. If you want to listen to it, uh, it's a cool podcast, but this guy, he's got it all tied up in one bag. And I feel like that's so rare to find nowadays is, is people that have the faith. They like to do crazy fitness stuff and they also prioritize like their family and personal relationships. Yeah. It, it it's tough. I'm, I mean, it, it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, there there's, uh, we had to do a, a combo on this last race, a combo vacation slash race. Cause I'm like, well, if we're there, let me see if we can incorporate a vacation while we're there. Yeah. Uh, Cause I don't want them to, you know, my wife, I had no pacer on this race. I had no crew on this race. Um, this was going to be my first cup, sort of minimal, minimalistic Andrew glaze type of race. Um, yeah. And uh, so I went my wife and my daughter, my daughter is 12 and they were my crew. And, uh, 
uh, and I even made it to where I said, all right, I don't need you to crew me at night. I will run throughout the night. I'm good with, I'll eat whatever's at the aid stations. I don't need anything. Um, and so we did, and that worked out great. But afterwards, um, you know, I wanted to, we went to Destin, Florida yeah. um, for our vacation uh, right after. But it was hard because my legs were just really uh, swollen. Um, they were taking on a, a lot of fluid. Um, they were, they were really shot, but, uh, fine. I think it was by Wednesday. They were, they were better. Um, so I was walking around with just, you know, really big legs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you got to try to incorporate the family with this, you know, fitness journey that you're, you're trying to be on. So my wife is really, uh, accepting of that. And, and um, I'm glad she is cause she knows I'm, I'm kind of crazy. I don't like to do these uh, difficult things and put myself through some crazy stuff. Uh, but she always hurt. She does a really good job of crewing me. She's my uh, chief, uh, my crew chief and my, my, my chief executive mom. And so, and my best friend. Yeah. That's awesome, man. It's really cool to hear. Yeah. I'm so glad that I got to talk to somebody like you, man. You're such a cool person and it's really cool to hear um, you know, about a little bit about your faith, your family and your ultra running journey. And I just really appreciate that, man, for you to take your time out of your day. You could have been spending with your family or whatever to come on the podcast. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate you having me. And, uh, it was definitely uh, great talking to you. Oh yeah. I loved it. Is there, before we, before we end it, is there any last thing you'd like anybody to know that's listening? Hmm. You know, if you just, if you have a goal, um, and, uh, you really want to, you know, achieve that goal, um, you know, prioritize everything correctly in your life. And, and by prioritize, like we talked about just earlier is prioritize God first and foremost, uh, he'll give you that strength and endurance that you want, uh, and that you're going to need to, to finish a race. So, um, just prioritize your, your faith and, and, uh, and then your family. And then lastly, your fitness. Yeah. And all everything will fall into place. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate all the advice, man. And um I'm gonna put like your Instagram and stuff in the description where people can find you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, all right. Thanks, thanks a lot. Man. I appreciate it.